This episode of Ask Theory was made possible by the British Council in the Philippines in support of their Women in STEM Scholarship Program. For more information on how to apply for a British Council Scholarship, follow the link in the show notes. The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Hi, Pam! Welcome to the Ask Theory Podcast. Hi! Hi, Mikael! Good morning! Well, good afternoon in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for making time for this interview because I know that you've been busy for the past few days and our listeners will get to know a little more about that, kung bakit ka busy and actually what you do, which I think is very interesting. But first, I'd like them to know a little more about you. So I'd like you to start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your journey in research, and how you fell in love with your chosen field. Yeah, thank you, Mikael, for making time for me as well. So I am Pamela Luis Valentino. I am doing my PhD in Earth Sciences in, at the University of Glasgow here in the UK. So my journey in STEM is a story of unexpected turn of events. I got into the biology program to be a doctor, a medical doctor, but my fear of blood made me pursue an MS degree in geology just to not deal with those living things anymore. <laughs> and then, yeah, so the laboratory that I belong to at NICS or the National Institute of Geological Sciences at UP is the Environment Monitoring Laboratory. I was given projects on water resources, in particular rivers, so mga ilog, and I remember having a love-hate relationship with rivers before since I was having skin allergies every time I'm exposed in the field. But the more I work on rivers, the more it reveals its complexity, that the more my interest and curiosity just grows over time on how to best manage them. I was then tapped by the DOST SEI or the Science Education Institute to facilitate modules on rivers and catchments and even on climate change as part of their promotion of STEM programs. So I was like, oh, so this is a STEM field. So ko lang na-connect na what I'm doing is a STEM field. That gave me a venue where I can put my enthusiasm in introducing the concept of water resources and environment monitoring to our young ones, which fortunately the students appreciated, which in turn made me more enthusiastic and fall in love with the field more. So fast forward today, as I have said, I am doing my PhD in earth science and on my way to being a doctor, but not a medical doctor, but maybe a river doctor. <laughs> so honestly, I am, I don't see myself doing anything other than what I am doing now. Ganda. Well, I just want to share that you don't like dealing with blood. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kasi, you know, when I was younger, syempre, bilang bata, ang dami nating mga pangarap, mga mm-hmm. interests, no? Yung parang, ay, gusto kong maging paleontologist. And then, ano, gusto kong maging ganito, yeah. ganyan. At one point, I wanted to be a doctor. And for a long mm-hmm. time, actually, I thought I was gonna go on that track. Pero I, I quickly realized that I didn't like even the sight of my own blood. <laughs> so yeah, parang, same, same. Diba, diba? So parang, Paano ko gagamutin yung ibang tao kung medyo yung sarili kong sugat na ngingiwi na kung tignan siya. Mm-hmm. So parang, mm, okay. But it's interesting. Yeah. I love how you called yourself a river doctor. 
Uh, ang ganda. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, di man Not a medical doctor. Yes. Uh, pero naging revert doctor din. Which leads me to my next question. No? If you can take mm-hmm. yung what you want to accomplish in your field and put it in a single sentence, ano ba yung ultimate goal mo as that river mm. doctor? And maybe you can explain to us what it is. Okay, so my ultimate goal is to provide solutions to the seems like never-ending problems that our water resources in the Philippines are facing, such as flooding and drought. One sentence. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) To explain it further, in terms of volume, we have enough water to provide for our people, but its spatial and temporal distribution is what makes it problematic. We get too much water in some areas, while we lack in others. So we are flooded during the rainy season, but we have inadequate supply during the dry season. So for me, it would be a great achievement if we can help address these problems. Those are interesting insights, no? Kasi hindi ito yung mm-hmm. bagay na nakikita natin, pero hindi naman natin ang pag-iisipan araw-araw. And, mm-hmm. you know, now that you've mentioned it, it does make me wonder, this has been the state of the Philippines for, for as long as I can remember. Ever since, I think most, you know, lahat tayo, we can see that we were born into this, na ganito na ang Pilipinas. And it's strange, no, that it's still a problem. I mean, I understand that it's not, you know, hindi naman ganun kasimple isolve ang problema ng tubig for an entire country na iba-iba ang needs per area. But you kind of wonder, no, the Philippines is surrounded by water. And yes. yet, water <laughs> is our problem. It's, it's, yes. it's just weird. Diba, parang during the April, May, summer season, meron tayong rotation ng water supply. Uh-huh. Then pagdating naman natin ng July, August, September, andyan naman yung water as, as a form of flood. So parang yeah. nakaka-ano lang din, nakaka-frustrate that uh, annually we're dealing with these problems, but why we cannot address this? Too. One would think that by now, like I said, this isn't a new problem. <laughs> Bakit ganito pa rin, no? Pero I suppose we'll get to talk about that a little more as we progress here in this interview. But I'm curious now to know a little more about your current research, yung what you've been busy with over the past few days. So maybe you can tell us a bit about your research and how you came up with your topic to begin with. Okay, so my current research is looking at the influence of catchment characteristics in hydrologic regimes in the Philippines as basis for natural flood management as alternative solution in addressing flood risk in the country. So how did I come up with it? Partly, it's a continuation of my MS thesis where I investigated the projected impact of climate change on different catchments. So sa iba't ibang ilog dito sa Pilipinas. And also started to compare the hydrology of two similar incised catchments. So may dalawang catchment, I compared them what made them behave differently. So I would like to do this on a national or on nationwide scale to see more patterns on how a catchment respond to hydrometeorological events. And then I became a researcher on one of the projects I proposed with my now supervisor on the role of geomorphic change and sediment flux in flood risk in the country. So this project aims to demonstrate how flood is not just all about water. So meron tayong factor ng bato at saka river migration. And one of our partners in this project introduced the concept of river diversity and working with nature. This is something that we have not extensively explored in the Philippines. And so marrying this concept 
there came about my topic. So we're working with nature. Baka ito yung sagot dun sa problema natin. We always alter the nature to solve our problems. But have we looked into the inherent properties of these catchments na could tell us a bit more about how to best manage them, how to understand them. And then by understanding them, we will be able or we hope to be able to address them, address the problems or hazards na kinakaharap nila. Okay. So just for clarity's sake, when you say yung catchments, kasi it's not a very familiar word with, uh, with the average person. So, no, 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 it's okay. But pero, so yung mga, il- mga bodies of water ba ito? Mga ilog? Ano po ba yung catchment? And maybe you could tell us why they're called catchments today. Is it because they catch uh, water? Ano ba ang... Yes, yes. Uh, so ang river ay part ng isang catchment. So mm-hmm. ang isang wa- catchment, actually mas familiar siguro sa inyo yung word na watershed. Watershed, yes. Uh-oh. Yeah, so minsan we use them interchangeably. Kaso lang we started calling the watershed as catchment as watershed parang meron siyang connotation na protected watershed lang siya but it's a general term for catch basin so lahat ng na, sa isang lugar ang isang lugar ay part ng isang catchment and lahat ng isipin niyo na lang po na parang may batsa palanggana ganyan lahat ng tumutulo or lahat ng pumapatak na tubig doon sa palanggana mapupunta lang siya doon sa gitna di ba so yung isang bat palanggana na yun, yun yung parang basin, yun yung catchment, yun yung watershed na tinutukoy natin. So, dun sa isang catchment na yun, meron siyang iba't ibang properties. So, for example, si Pampanga catchment or at saka versus si Cagayan catchment, meron silang magkaibang properties. And yun yung gusto nating tingnan kung ano yung mga properties na yun na nagdidictate kung paano sila nagbe-behave sa certain event. Mm, okay, kasi o nga, pag, pag narinig ko nga po yung word na watershed, usually it's from the news, no? And usually, so, yung lamesa mm-hmm. watershed. And it's usually yeah. some news about the pagbaba ng water level. And normally, it accompanies some form of bad news na makakaroon ng water shortage. Yung projections for the next quarter, medyo hindi maganda. Inaantay yung pagbagsak ng dagdag na ulan, ganyan-ganyan. So, nababanggit yung mga terms na to, but only within the extent of, ah, mag- may problema na naman, magkakaproblema na naman sa sa mga susunod na buwan, ganyan. So, ang ganda na, ano, ang ganda po na you are looking into this. And I'm sure na, how, sorry, how long have you been studying this again? I'm in my second year sa PhD, but I have been dealing with water resources maybe 10, 11 years wow. after my BS. Yeah, I, after I have graduated. Na-reveal tuloy yung age. Pero, <laughs> no, after I have completed my BS. So when I started working at NYX. Okay. Edit out natin naman, yung, ano, <laughs> yung joke <age>. lang. <laughs> To be fair naman, ang dami din namang NGOs on ground at saka projects on ground that is starting to solve this problem. Pero as you have said nga po earlier, it's a like nationwide problem at iba't iba din talaga yung problema na kinakaharap ng bawat isa. But with my research, I hope we could have kahit konting clue on how to deal with them on maybe there's a pat- pattern na makikita tayo on how they behave. I actually wanted to ask you about, you know, some of the things you've learned. But before that, I wanted to ask you first, because I'm curious, eh, 
Has any other, I mean, I'm sure meron naman tayong existing data on this naman, ano? Mm-hmm. Have other people mm-hmm. here in the Philippines looked into something like this? I think so. I, I mean, I have worked, worked with a lot of projects looking into flood hazards and flood risk, but maybe we have recently published a paper on river styles. So this is, I think, is the first in the Philippines that we have recognized the diversity of rivers, that there is no one-size-fits-all river management strategy. And I'm sure there are a lot of initiatives already, but yun nga eh, minsan kasi sa, sa Pilipinas, di ba, parang hindi tayo nag-uusap-usap that we already have this data and we already have this study. So sometimes we're starting v- from zero and then we get just as much fun to do something. So hindi na din natutuloy into practice or implementation. But yes, I think we have a lot of data. I think I'm working on a data that goes back from 1908, discharge data, can you believe it, na meron tayong mga data sa reverse natin, discharge measurements ng 1908. All over the Philippines yun na, tapos meron din tayong data ng 1950 to 1970, 1972, the measurements are still ongoing. So, we have a lot of data. We also have a lot of scientists, but yeah, maybe we just need to talk. We just need to have that common or one database that says, ah, meron kaming ganitong data. If you can improve, then better. But we can discuss how to further analyze it. We have data, but we don't use them to improve what we know so far. So siguro yun. I'm sure meron naman. Ang daming nakakatawa na naka- nakakakita ng mga agreements between agencies and between institutions. I think we're getting better now, but yeah, we have a long way to go, but at least we're starting. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And definitely with your, ano na, dapat mag, mas mag, you know, collaboration, keeping everyone aware, no, pulling your resources and your data together. And actually, while you were telling me about that, na parang data from 1908, I remembered a study that was done by Dr. Jerry Bagtasa. Actually, we, I, I was able to interview him about this noong 2019. He looked at data on rainfall from the Weather Bureau of the Philippines from 1901 onwards. So, so tignan niya yung weather pa, yung, yung that data for, for about 118 years worth of data. And may nakita siyang mga patterns, uh, ano. So, and actually, if our listeners are curious about that, you can look for the article on Flip Science na it's about 118 years worth of climate data in Metro Manila. And also yung podcast episode ni Dr. Jerry Bagtasa in which we talked about future potential flooding <laughs> in the Philippines. But I think to like really hammer the point na talagang having that data and not just actually not just having that data, but knowing how to look at it, knowing how to put it together, di ba? And apply that to solutions. Hindi yung, okay, magkuha lang tayong data tapos itambak lang natin dito. Tapos, I'm sure you've experienced something like that or have had experiences na parang napaisip ka rin ng ganun or something. Yes. We were given like three thick books of discharge data that has no um like soft copy. So hindi mo naman siya ma-analyze <laughs> na. na, na no, control books, F. Diba? Yes. And so we like spent six months of, oh, of digitizing those data. Ang kakapal talaga ng data. So yeah, I think Meron tayong data. I mean, marami tayong data, but 
yeah, as you have said, we just have to know how to use it, how to talk about it, and how to apply it on what we're doing. Kasi kapag nandyan lang siya, wala. It's just good as presyo sa ano, sa tindahan. <laughs> Na, <laughs> yun, parang yeah. wala kang magagawa talaga just to deal with it. But yeah. So yeah. that's really important. I mean, the analysis that Dr. Jerry Bagtasa did. Because that's what we can do eh, with history or historical climate data and historical discharge data to look for patterns to give us a clue of what the future may bring. I love that. Oh, and yun nga, like if you're doubting what the scientists are saying right now about the the state of the world, well, if you look at the data from years past and you see the patterns, parang, diba, it doesn't take much to link that or to make those connections na, you know, there might actually be something to what these experts are saying. Maybe I should start listening to them. Diba? Parang ganun. Naalala ko rin yung conversation ko with Ika Fernandez the from our previous episode na napag-usapan din yung importance of you know, making data accessible, compiling it in a nice place where when you need it, you can pull it out and access it. And then yung extra step na involving people, involving citizens. She mentioned how yung data, nila, yung data na nakukuha nila from their study was also translated or recorded in the lake native language of yung or yung dialects ng mga tao dun sa community. So it doesn't become like an exclusive club of science na yung mga scientists lang ang pwedeng tumingin. Even the people are involved in building the data and taking care of it. Yes, that's right. I mean, very important. Ika's doing a very important job in her field. Tama yun. Para bang iwasan natin yung pagiging elitista ng science? Na parang we have to be in- inclusive. I also took like a project management professional course. And one of the most important thing that course told me is about stakeholder management or stakeholder inclusion. You cannot have a project, you cannot succeed with a project that you don't involve the local community in. So dito din sa project namin, we ask what they want, what they need. Kasi sila yung 24-7, kumbaga, since birth, nandun na sila sa lugar na yun. And we cannot tell them na ito ang kailangan nyo, ito ang solution sa problema nyo, because they have been there. So, sila din yung makakapagsabi sa amin na, dati yung ilog, ganito lang kalaki, ngayon, ganito na kalaki. So, what happened? So, that's when where you can start investigating on what happened over this past year. So, 10 years ago daw, nandito yung ilog or next year nasa kapila ng part. So, yung mga ganun na we have to include them, give and take relationship talaga, na we provide them what we know, but of course, we have to listen then sa kanila what they know and what they can contribute to our study. Uh, that's true. And not to single out a specific race ha, or nationality, pero yung parang may savior complex yung minsan na pag you just drop in, I'm, I'm gonna do my science, I'm gonna do my research here, and then alis, di ba? Again, I'm, to our listeners, I'm not singling out any single race, but it happens. This unfortunate trend does happen in science. And while I've been hearing naman that it's improving, it's still a problem. So tama yun, na, ano, na bring up yan. Oh, 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 tama yun. Parang ang sabi, ano, bagong way of colonizing. Is, <laughs> Ayun, um, sorry, naalala ko yung term parachute, parachute science ba yun? Yeah, I think that's what they call ah, it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yun, oo. Parang na-bring up din yan. We also have a paper on that because we bring in, of course, researchers from different countries. Like the one I've told you about, yung nagsabi ng river diversity. And we invited participants from different agencies and universities to participate in this project. But we also invited like a social geographies or a human geography to observe first how these foreigners taught us the subject. And then yung second, ay kung paano namin inabsorb. Like, oo na lang ba kami ng oo? But it hasn't been published yet, but it's submitted. And it's interesting to see how well we receive the knowledge from other countries or the knowledge from other researchers who are not Filipinos. But we sometimes question people na, oh, eh, yan, kung anong alam mo, yan lang din yung alam ko. But when you put in like a, a researcher from other countries, parang, Ah, galing. Oo, ganun nga, tama nga yun. Pero yun nga, nakakatawa kasi that project, we were really conscious of the, yung ano nga, parang colonizing, new way of colonizing though is parang integrating what they know and what we're doing. But yeah, of course, again, andun nga talaga ang pagiging conscious na i-involve at makinig sa mga locals. Yeah, that's true. And I, I like how, you know, over the course of your research, you're learning not just about your topic, but also yung nuances of, you know, the field itself, the problems in, in research, the, the complexities of yung mga societies or communities that you work with. But maybe we can focus now on some of the significant things that you've learned from your research that the ordinary Filipino, like me, should be aware of. Well, yeah, I still have a long way to go in my research. But one message I want to get out this early as my paper was published is that river management is not a one-size-fits-all strategy, that we have to acknowledge the fact that each river is different from the others. That although physical processes and principles which control the river form are universal, so dumadali siya from upstream, downstream, But the context of the river, particularly the inherent catchment properties and the impacts of anthropogenic or human activities set how a river behaves. And they will not always be the same. And recognizing and understanding such differences are really critical for effective management. So we cannot manage our water resources if we do not respect their diversity. So how you manage one may not be applicable to the other. So I think you know pinaka-importanteng natutunan ko as of the moment. So, walang one-size-fits-all na solution? Wala. Wala. You cannot apply what you know sa Marikina River, sa Pampanga River, because parang tao lang. Iba't-iba yung size natin, iba't-iba yung taste natin, iba't-iba yung... Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have to acknowledge that difference. We have to know kasi parang one time nag-field kami, we always go to the field from the head or the source to sink na uh, kung saan nanggagaling yung tubig hanggang saan siya lumalabas sa dagat or sa lake. That's where we base our findings. But there are other people who will just look at the river and just, okay, lagyan natin dito ng ganito, ganito, ganyan. <laughs> so, ayun. I think that's what is important now. 
kasi yun nga, relating to the first topic that we talked about, even with these extensive engineering solutions like dikes, dams, scabions, concrete defenses to mitigate these impacts of flood hazards, every year, millions pa rin yung affected. So we might be missing something. I'm not saying that we might be doing something wrong, but we might be missing something. And maybe it's looking into how river behaves. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually lear- learning more about your research when the time comes. When you've, I'm sure we'll hear about your findings at some point. And I think, you know, from your example, as a, as a researcher, as a Filipina researcher pursuing a field in STEM, I think a lot of our aspiring female scientists out there who are listening to this podcast right now can learn quite a few things from you. We've always heard about how it's always a bit, a bit more challenging for women to, to sort of like climb up the field. Because whether we like it or not, we have to admit it that science has long been patriarchal. Let's, let's put it that way. Talagang, it's been a male-dominated field, maski saan ka pumunta, even in the Philippines. So, like, I admire you for doing this. But also, I'm, I'm curious, how did your journey, like, play out? I'm sure it wasn't easy, but what sort of, like, prompted you to keep going? And ano yung mga challenges that you think women who want to follow that same path as you should prepare themselves for. Yeah, I, I actually never think of my field as dominated by men, but whenever we go out in the field and do projects, that is when I think, oh yeah, not many women do this. Well, I find it enjoyably challenging because you get to push your limits while bringing in different perspectives in the field. So being a woman, you have different ideas that you can contribute to the field. And as you have said, it's challenging, but People will always doubt. I mean, whatever your gender is, people will always question your abilities, but they will not say it to your face. They will make you feel that way by questioning you or by the way they give tasks to you. But no matter how many people doubt you, like do not doubt yourself. You are your like your very best body. So invest in yourself and trust yourself. Outside opinions will always be lurking around, but the only opinion that matters when it comes to how far and how well you can do your job is yours. So, yeah, in pursuing my journey, yeah, I have always been tagged as the jack of all trades, master of nothing. And that sometimes made me settle to being content to just be able to do many, but not really something major or highly specialized. Before, I had no PhD dream before. But not that that's the only path you can take to pursue STEM, but being exposed to more projects and research, I have proved that learning never stops, that you have to find your niche, not only to set you apart from others, but to find where you're happy to succeed and where you'll find fulfillment. So I will echo what I think is very important. Purpose knows no gender. Standards, much as stereotypes, create limits and unnecessary boundaries. So, and it makes us settle to what the society dictates. So I say to our young ones, our young girls, be your own standard. There will always be help along the way. So do what makes your heart flutter. Kahit gano kahirap, just do it. I mean, you'll never know where it can take you. I never imagined that I will be in this position talking about this. And uh, do whatever makes your heart flutter. Ganda niyan. Kasi yun nga, I agree with you. It 
sabi nga ni Ika nung sa, sa interview namin, parang find something that you're really passionate about or something that makes you angry. <laughs> and and use that as fuel to to keep going. Kasi nga, it's not easy. And more so for women, I love how you brought up na, you know, you're not directly antagonized naman eh. You're not directly put down. But you can tell, no, in the way that people talk to you or, yun nga, give you tasks. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm not laughing because I find this funny, but because I remember observing these situations even in the office, in, even in an office setting. So merong, I hate to say it, but merong internalized bias minsan na lumalabas talaga that we all have to get rid of or work on, on fixing. And the fields of STEM or STEAM are no exception. But, it, you know, it's, it's inspiring. It's inspiring that there are Filipinas like you, scientists like you, who are raising that banner so that one day, maybe one day, we won't have to talk about female scientists and bring them up as if it's, it's such a, they're such a rare Pokemon or something because naging standard na siya. Because it's just the way it is. Because society has already learned to look at scientists, the word scientist, as a, a non-gendered word. Yeah, that's really good. I mean... I have this post-it note that I dream of a day that I don't have to promote women in STEM just because we're so many already. I mean, I mean, this is really good. I know that the programs support a lot of women and I really, kahit ako, sobrang, alam mo yung parang, ang saya ng feeling. Sobrang nakakahay yung feeling kapag nakakakinta ako ng women doing good in their fields. Kasi sa field na naranasan ko talaga yun, parang, oh, dito ka na lang, mag-notes ka na lang dito. Parang, kaya ko din pong tumawid ng ilog. Parang, sabi, kaya, kaya ko din pong lumangay or something like that. But, yeah, we have a long way to go. But, I mean, Philippines, I admire those that push this, like yourself, na talagang you make us heard and hands down. <laughs> sabi ko nga, ano, Pwede kami magsalita na magsalita, pwede kaming magkwento ng magkwento, pero kung wala yung mga platform, like what you have, talagang hindi din kami marinig. So thank you for listening as well, and thank you for being interested in what we're going to say. Talagang nakaka-push ano, through din. Minsan, pag talag na ano ka na sa, sa research, parang walang patutunguhan, something. People like you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's a it's a huge honor to have people like you on the show. Like ako speaking from experience, some of the most brilliant people and you know, the best leaders I've met in my lifetime. Sabi ko nga some of the the leaders I would follow to the ends of the earth are women. Kasi you know, it's it's really it really isn't and shouldn't be about gender. But with the way the world has been for so long, kailangan na talagang itaas yung bandera so that one day hindi na siya kailangang itaas. Yun naman ang goal natin dito eh. Some people, some men feel like it's a form of like, emasculation. But I don't see it that way. I just see it as a playing field that has to be leveled, that should have been leveled a long time ago. And, you know, it, the, the responsibility falls upon us now to make sure that for future generations, they won't have to do what we do. So that wala na tong problemang to, di ba? And, you know, I think, I think the world will be better for it if we just stop discriminating. <laughs> Yun lang naman. <laughs> Tama, tama naman. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I don't know. We just, as my researchers, respect diversity. So we just have to respect our diversity as well. That we're all different and we have, but we can contribute something. So, di ba, ang boring naman kung pare-pareho tayo ng suggestion or pare-pareho tayo ng inaaral and pare-pareho tayo ng field. But that diversity, unity in diversity na. 
sabi nga. Love it. And syempre, kung pare-paro tayo na inaaral at yung mga problema ay nandyan pa rin, eh di hindi matatapos yung mga problema kasi pare-paro tayo na ginagawa eh. So, Opo. At saka yeah. parang ano lang din, ito lang yung kung river scientist lang yung nandun tapos walang social worker, how will we include people? How will we know their... So parang ano lang talaga, collaboration, respect. Respect and collaboration. I love it. This was a very enjoyable conversation. I learned a little bit about rivers, yung, about what you're looking into. And then also, we heard quite a bit about the struggles of women in STEM and leveling the playing field. But I'm sure that there are, there are listeners out there who, who might want to, to get to talk to you directly, despite your busy schedule. So what would be the best way to reach out to you? My social media accounts are active. I'm in Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also, my email is always open. So my Instagram is Miss Pamela Louise. So that's M-I-S-S Pamela Louise, my name. And then my Twitter is River Tropics PH. My Facebook is also Miss Pamela Louise. And my email is plmtalentino at gmail.com. So you can message, add me, or I love talking about River. So just beware. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as people living in this country na, you know, surrounded by water, I think it's it's really important for us to get to know a little more about bodies of water, about about our waters, diba? Just one more thing before, I know, there's an opportunity that I really don't want our female aspiring scientists to miss out on, and it's the Women in STEM program. So if you guys want to know more about the Women in STEM program, maybe how to apply, you can listen to the podcast episode with Ika Fernandez. That's, uh, I think that's our episode 63 or 64. And if you want to actually visit or get the information about the Women in STEM program, you can check the show notes of this episode. And we will have the link to the website of the Women in STEM program by the British Council in the Philippines. So you can find out how to apply, what the requirements are, and what you can expect from the program, what kind of support you can expect from the program. And so speaking of support, I know you've given your insights and your advice for female scientists or aspiring female scientists, but maybe you could leave us with one more nugget of wisdom for scientists in the Philippines in general. I mean, scientists who want to practice their craft here in the Philippines, because as I understand it, it's really tempting to just, you know, go abroad and practice science there. But para sa mga gustong gumawa ng research dito or mag-practice ng science dito, ano ba yung masasabi yung advice para sa kanila? Actually, I'll give you three things if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, dito, sa Pilipinas man or sa Ipambansa, but first is to establish your why. The first thing you would like to answer before you start working on anything is the question why. Why are you doing this? Why do you need answers? Why would you want to pursue science? Write it down and hold on to it. This would be your greatest weapon to achieve discipline whenever you feel the lack of motivation to carry on. And this reason would be your guide if you feel out of track. It should direct you back on the path you chose. Secondly, do not be afraid to ask. The reality is that circumstances would not always be ideal to make any field easy, but there is help and support around. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Do do not be intimidated to ask questions. As Ikael pointed out, there are a lot of programs promoting STEM, which also offers support to those who need it. And lastly, keep moving forward. Have confidence that you can. 
equip yourself with knowledge and skill to gain that confidence to push your way through. So just keep moving, no matter how slow, just forward. So I think that's it. I mean, have your why. Do not be afraid to ask and keep moving forward. Ang ganda. So yun nga, you've heard it here from Ask Theory. No? Know your why and never stop asking questions. So thank you so much for taking the time again to to be with us here and to share your experiences. It's always great to hear from scientists, lalo na Filipina scientists who, you know, are doing what they can to help make this country, you know, a little better. Have it, <laughs> to, to give us a little a little more hope for the future of this country. And like I've said, I'm looking forward to hearing more from you. And maybe someday you can be here on the podcast again. I would love to, to talk to you a little more about your work by that point. Yeah, I, I will be looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mikael. Um, and to your team. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care and stay safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientifico and Science Scramble. Stay curious!